Book Three of The Confessions by St. Augustine. Translated by E. B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Book Three. His residence at Carthage from his seventeenth to his nineteenth year. Source of his disorders, love of shows, advance in studies, and love of wisdom. Distaste for scripture. Led astray to the Manicheans. Refutation of some of their tenets, grief of his mother Monica at his heresy, and prayers for his conversion, her vision from God, and answer through a bishop. Chapter 1 To Carthage I came, where there sang all around me in my ears a cauldron of unholy loves. I loved not yet, yet I loved to love, and out of a deep-seated want I hated myself for wanting not. I sought what I might love, in love with loving, and safety I hated, and away without snares. For within me was a famine of that inward food, thyself, my God. Yet through that famine I was not hungered, but was without all longing for incorruptible sustenance, not because filled therewith, but the more empty, the more I loathed it. For this cause my soul was sickly and full of sores, it miserably cast itself forth, desiring to be scraped by the touch of objects of sense. Yet if these had not a soul, they would not be objects of love. To love, then, and to be beloved, was sweet to me, but more, when I obtained to enjoy the person I loved. I defiled, therefore, the spring of friendship with the filth of concupiscence, and I beclouded its brightness with the hell of lustfulness, and thus foul and unseemly, I would fain, through exceeding vanity, be fine and courtly. I fell headlong then into the love wherein I longed to be ensnared. My God, my mercy, and with how much gall didst thou out of thy great goodness besprinkle me for that sweetness? For I was both beloved and secretly arrived at the bond of enjoying, and was with joy fettered with sorrow bringing bonds, that I might be scourged with the iron-burning rods of jealousy and suspicions and fears and angers and quarrels. Chapter 2 Stage plays also carried me away, full of images of my miseries and of fuel to my fire. Why is it that man desires to be made sad, beholding doleful and tragical things, yet which yet himself would by no means suffer, yet he desires as a spectator to feel sorrow at them, and this very sorrow is his pleasure. What is this but a miserable madness? For a man is the more affected with these actions, the less free he is from such affections. Howsoever, when he suffers in his own person, it uses to be styled misery. When he compassionates others, then it is mercy. But what sort of compassion is this for feigned and cynical passions? For the auditor is not called on to relieve, but only to grieve, and he applauds the actor of these fictions the more, the more he grieves. And if the calamities of those persons, whether of old times or mere fiction, be so acted that the spectator is not moved to tears, he goes away disgusted and criticizing. But if he be moved to passion, he stays intent and weeps for joy. Are griefs, then, too loved? Verily all desire joy. Or, whereas no man likes to be miserable, is he yet pleased to be merciful? 
which, because it cannot be without passion, for this reason alone are passions loved. This also springs from that vein of friendship. But whither goes that vein? Whither flows it? Wherefore runs it into that torrent of pitch bubbling forth those monstrous tides of foul lustfulness, into which it is willfully changed and transformed, being of its own will precipitated and corrupted from its heavenly clearness? Shall compassion then be put away? By no means. Be griefs then sometimes loved. But beware of uncleanness, O my soul, under the guardianship of my God, the God of our fathers, who is to be praised and exalted above all for ever. Beware of uncleanness. For I have not now ceased to pity, but then in the theatres I rejoiced with lovers when they wickedly enjoyed one another, although this was imaginary only in the play, and when they lost one another, as if very compassionate, I sorrowed with them, yet had my delight in both. But now I much more pity him that rejoiceth in his wickedness than him who is thought to suffer hardship by missing some pernicious pleasure and the loss of some miserable felicity. This certainly is the truer mercy, but in it grief delights not. For though he that grieves for the miserable be commended for his office of charity, yet had he, who is genuinely compassionate, rather there were nothing for him to grieve for. For if good will be ill-willed, which can never be, then may he, who truly and sincerely commiserates, wish there might be some miserable that he might commiserate. Some sorrow may then be allowed, none loved. For thus dost thou, O Lord God, who lovest souls far more purely than we, and hast more incorruptibly pity on them, yet art wounded with no sorrowfulness. And who is sufficient for these things? But I, miserable, then loved to grieve, and sought out what to grieve at, when in another's, and that feigned and personated misery, that acting best pleased me, and attracted me the most vehemently, which drew tears from me. What marvel that an unhappy sheep, straying from thy flock, and impatient of thy keeping, I became infected with a foul disease, and hence the love of griefs, not such as should sink deep into me, for I loved not to suffer what I loved to look on, but such as, upon hearing their fictions, should lightly scratch the surface, upon which, as on envenomed nails, followed inflamed swelling, imposthumes, and a putrefied sore. My life being such, was it life, O oh my God? Chapter 3 And thy faithful mercy hovered over me afar. Upon how grievous iniquities consumed I myself, pursuing a sacrilegious curiosity, that having forsaken thee, it might bring me into the treacherous abyss and the beguiling service of devils, to whom I sacrificed my evil actions, and in all these things thou didst scourge me. I dared even, while thy solemnities were celebrated within the walls of thy church, to desire and to compass a business deserving death for its fruits, for which thou scourgest me with grievous punishments, though nothing to my fault. O thou, my exceeding mercy, my God, my refuge from those terrible destroyers, among whom I wandered with a stiff neck, withdrawing further from thee, loving mine own ways and not thine, loving a vagrant liberty. Those studies also, which were accounted commendable, had a view to excelling in the courts of litigation, the more bepraised, the craftier. 
Such is men's blindness, glorying even in their blindness. And now I was chief in the rhetoric school, whereat I joyed proudly, and I swelled with arrogancy. Though, Lord, thou knowest, far quieter and altogether removed from the subvertings of those subverters, for this ill-omened and devilish name was the very badge of gallantry, among whom I lived, with a shameless shame that I was not even as they. With them I lived, and was sometimes delighted with their friendship, whose doings I ever did abhor, their subvertings, wherewith they wantonly persecuted the modesty of strangers, which they disturbed by a gratuitous jeering, feeding thereon their malicious mirth. Nothing can be liker the very actions of devils than these. What, then, could they be more truly called than subverters, themselves subverted and altogether perverted first, the deceiving spirit secretly deriding and seducing them, wherein themselves delight to jeer at and deceive others? Chapter 4 Among such as these, in that unsettled age of mine, I learned books of eloquence, wherein I desired to be eminent, out of a damnable and vain glorious end, a joy in human vanity. In the ordinary course of study I fell upon a certain book of Cicero, whose speech almost all admire, not so his heart. This book of his contains an exhortation to philosophy, and is called Hortensius. But this book altered my affections, and turned my prayers to thyself, O Lord, and made me have other purposes and desires. Every vain hope at once became worthless to me, and I longed with an incredibly burning desire for an immortality of wisdom, and began now to arise, that I might return to thee. For not to sharpen my tongue, which thing I seemed to be purchasing with my mother's allowances, in that my nineteenth year, my father being dead two years before, not to sharpen my tongue did I employ that book, nor did it infuse into me its style, but its matter. How did I burn, then, my God? How did I burn to remount from earthly things to thee, nor knew I what thou wouldst do with me? For with thee is wisdom, but the love of wisdom is in Greek called philosophy, with which that book inflamed me. Some there be that seduce through philosophy, under a great and smooth and honorable name coloring and disguising their own errors, and almost all who in that and former ages were such are in that book censured and set forth. There is also made plain that wholesome advice of thy spirit, by thy good and devout servant. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And since at that time, thou, O light of my heart, knowest, apostolic scripture was not known to me, I was delighted with that exhortation, so far only, that I was thereby strongly roused, and kindled, and inflamed to love, and seek, and obtain, and hold, and embrace not this or that sect, but wisdom itself, whatever it were. And this alone checked me thus enkindled, that the name of Christ was not in it. For this name, according to thy mercy, O Lord, this name of my Saviour thy Son, had my tender heart, even with my mother's milk, devoutly drunk in, and deeply treasured, and whatsoever was without that name, though never so learned, polished, or true, took not entire hold of me. Chapter 5 I resolved, then, to bend my mind to the Holy Scriptures, 
that I might see what they were. But behold, I see a thing not understood by the proud, nor laid open to children, lowly in access, in its recesses lofty, and veiled with mysteries. And I was not such as could enter into it, or stoop my neck to follow its steps. For not as I now speak did I feel when I turned to those scriptures, but they seemed to me unworthy to be compared to the stateliness of Tully, for my swelling pride shrunk from their lowness, nor could my sharp wit pierce the interior thereof. Yet were they such as would grow up in a little one. But I disdained to be a little one, and, swollen with pride, took myself to be a great one. Chapter 6 Therefore I fell among men proudly doting, exceeding carnal and prating, in whose mouths were the snares of the devil, lined with the mixture of the syllables of thy name, and of our Lord Jesus Christ, and of the Holy Ghost, the Paraclete, our Comforter. These names departed not out of their mouth, but so far forth, as the sound only and the noise of the tongue, for the heart was void of truth. Yet they cried out, Truth, Truth, and spake much thereof to me, yet it was not in them. But they spake falsehood, not of thee only, who truly art truth, but even of those elements of this world, thy creatures. And I indeed ought to have passed by even philosophers who spake truth concerning them, for love of thee, my Father, supremely good, beauty of all things beautiful. O truth, truth, how inwardly did even then the marrow of my soul pant after thee, when they often and diversely, and in many and huge books, echoed of thee to me, though it was but an echo. And these were the dishes wherein to me, hungering after thee, they, instead of thee, served up the sun and moon, beautiful works of thine, but yet thy works, not thyself, no, nor thy first works. For thy spiritual works are before these corporal works, celestial though they be, and shining. But I hungered and thirsted, not even after those first works of thine, but after thee thyself, the truth, in which is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Yet they still set before me in those dishes glittering fantasies, than which better it were to love this very sun, which is real to our sight at least, than those fantasies which by our eyes deceive our mind. Yet because I thought them to be thee, I fed thereon, not eagerly, for thou didst not in them taste to me as thou art, for thou wast not in these emptinesses, nor was I nourished by them, but exhausted, rather. Food in sleep shows very like our food awake, yet are not those asleep nourished by it, for they are asleep. But those were not even any way like to thee, as thou hast not spoken to me, for those were corporal fantasies, false bodies, than which these true bodies, celestial or terrestrial, from which our fleshly sight we behold, are far more certain. These things the beasts and birds discern as well as we, and they are more certain than when we fancy them. And again, we do with more certainty fancy them than by them conjecture other vaster and infinite bodies which have no being. Such empty husks I was then fed on, and was not fed. But thou, my soul's love, in looking for whom I fail, that I may become strong, art neither those bodies which we see, though in heaven, nor those which we see not, for thou hast created them, nor dost thou account them among the chiefest of thy works. 
How far, then, art thou from those fantasies of mind, fantasies of bodies which altogether are not, than which the images of those bodies, which are, are far more certain, and more certain still the bodies themselves, which yet thou art not? No, nor yet the soul, which is the life of the bodies. So, then, better and more certain is the life of the bodies than the bodies. But thou art the life of souls, the life of lives, having life in thyself, and changest not life of my soul. Where, then, wert thou then to me, and how far from me? For verily was I straying from thee, barred from the very husks of the swine, whom with husks I fed. For how much better are the fables of poets and grammarians than these snares? For verses and poems and media flying are more profitable, truly, than these men's five elements, variously disguised answering to five dens of darkness, which have no being, yet slay the believer. For verses and poems I can turn to true food, and media flying, though I did sing, I maintained not, though I heard it sung, I believed not, but those things I did believe. Woe, woe, by what steps I was brought down to the depths of hell, toiling and turmoiling through want of truth, since I sought after thee, my God, to thee I confess it, who hast mercy on me as not yet confessing. Not according to the understanding of the mind, wherein thou wiltst that I should exceed the beasts, but according to the sense of the flesh. But thou wert more inward to me than my most inward part, and higher than my highest. I lighted upon that bold woman, simple and knowing nothing, shadowed out in Solomon, sitting at the door and saying, Eat ye bread of secrecies willingly, and drink ye stolen waters which are sweet. She seduced me, because she found my soul dwelling abroad in the eyes of my flesh, and ruminating on such food, as though it I had devoured. Chapter 7 For other than this, that which really is I knew not, and was, as it were through sharpness of wit, persuaded to assent to foolish deceivers, when they asked me, Whence is evil? Is God bounded by a bodily shape, and has hairs and nails? Are they to be esteemed righteous, who had many wives at once, and did kill men, and sacrificed living creatures? And which I, in my ignorance, was much troubled, and departing from the truth, seemed to myself to be making towards it, because as yet I knew not that evil was nothing but a privation of good, until at last a thing ceases altogether to be. Which how should I see, the sight of whose eyes reached only to bodies, and of my mind to a phantasm? And I knew not God to be a spirit, not one who hath parts extended in length and breadth, or whose being was bulk, for every bulk is less in a part than in the whole. And if it be infinite, it must be less in such part as is defined by a certain space than in its infinitude and so is not holy everywhere as spirit, as God. And what that should be in us, by which we are like to God, and might in Scripture be rightly said to be after the image of God, I was altogether ignorant.